0: Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Wow. Awesome. Second time through, it's better this time than it was the first. And the first it was 100%. I'm not sure where we're going to go from here to 11 o'clock, you guys, but wow. Everybody loves a good story. You can tell the story of how wonderful the choir was this morning. The brass, the bells, the singing, the... The experience you'll have as your story, this story. And someone will say, well, how'd it go this morning at St. John's? And you'll say, oh my gosh, it was just fantastic. Until they got to the sermon and then, well, I don't know, (laughs) got a little log. Here's a story for you from Luke's Gospel. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised. Then they remembered His words." Everybody likes a good story. I sure do. I like to hear them and I like to tell them. And sometimes those kind of go mishmash, depending on the company you're with. And someone takes a breath and someone else else launches into the conversation. It's story after story after story, especially when you're with family and friends and people you've known and loved for a long time. Our kids loved story time when they were little. My wife was so faithful in reading to them every night. They didn't like the new books, so to speak. They liked the old ones. They're like the ones that they knew all the pictures and knew the stories of. And, and they would tell those stories one to another, and then you'd mess with them, we'd say. And so the very hungry panda, and my son would go, no, Dad, it's the very hungry. And I would say, and then the napping house where everyone was playing, and they would go, no, 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 it's the napping house, Dad, where everyone was sleepy. Sleepy. Story, you know, you know those stories, you get it, you, you, they're part of the fabric of who you are and what you're all about. Recently on a visit to an elderly gentleman in our congregation, he had kind of been cleaning things out of his uh, study and, 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 and sitting there was this kind of yellowed picture album. And being kind of forward, I said, what is this? I've never seen this before. And he goes, oh, my daughter who passed away put that together and I, I just found it and I was cleaning out my office. And I picked it up and I looked. And here's his two children, very young, and he very young, and his wife very young, and high school and college, and motorcycles out in the desert, and motorhome trips. And His face lightened up as he told those stories. It's the stories of his life, the stories of his family, the stories that you all have that you love to tell. That your kids come around and they say grandpa tell us that story again how you walked to school <laughs> how you got a job and you worked at mcdonald's they love those stories it's the fabric of who you are is identified by the story you're in and the story you tell and you're here this morning for a story A story that the disciples probably thought ended in Luke 23. Probably if you asked Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John before, they would have said, well, let's add another verse, verse 57 to Luke 23, which says, this is the end of Jesus of Nazareth. Or maybe that's all, folks. Folks. They had been characters in the story of Jesus. They'd been there in the upper room, in the Garden of Gethsemane. The arrest, the trial, the walk to the cross, the crucifixion. And now the story was over. Jesus was dead. Jesus was buried. Jesus was rotting in the tomb. The end of Jesus of Nazareth. Let's get on with life. The end of the story. Now, there was more. A whole lot more. But our story's been a little bit battered and bruised. Ever since the story was first told, when the women told the story to the disciples, the disciples didn't believe it, they said, pfft, you gotta be crazy. In the first century, they'd go from town to town and tell the stories, And, and sometimes the story met with great reception, sometimes you'd get stoned and thrown out of the city. Someone would like to take this story and break it down and, and, and extrapolate from it mere doctrinal truth. Here's what this means and here's what that means. The Latin for this, the German for this. And then somehow in parsing and pulling apart that story, we lose the vitality. It becomes sterile and cold and impersonal. And we keep Jesus as a doctrine or a teaching who's so far outside of us and he's so far removed from our lives. Jesus is doctrine and not his savior. Jesus is teaching and not redeemer of the world. The story reduced to a kind of a worksheet. Circle the thing that happened to Jesus. Jesus A, rotted in the tomb. Jesus B, rose from the dead. Jesus C, played pinball. Jesus D, went fishing. Circle the right answer. Blah! Others love to use the story as a jumping-off point for an argument for the veracity, the claims of the truth of Jesus of Nazareth. The story is only valid in so far as it protects philosophically or in an argument a lifestyle or an understanding or knowledge. And then once kind of being armed with the power of that story, the the, the, the person puts it on another person. What do you believe? you have this right? you have that right? You got this all figured out? Because if you don't, let me tell you a little something about the story. And the story becomes a little less about sitting on the lap of the father and a little bit more about standing before a firing squad. And once you give the wrong insight, you get shot. There's more to the story than the doctrine. And there's more to the story than just a jumping off point for putting a stick in somebody's eye stone was rolled away. The women entered the tomb. The angel spoke. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen just as he said he would. And, and, and then the angel gives him, just enough of this story. I love that part. He says, but don't you remember? I like to think of the angel as kind of a bullion guy. Don't think of it as like a German stormtrooper. Don't you remember what he said? I think he was like Don't you remember what he said? The Son of Man would suffer and die and on the third day be raised again. And he could heal the gears grinding in the disciples. The lady's like, oh, that's right. How many times did we sit and eat? And he told the story. That's right, this is the third day. Of course he's not here. He is risen. Oh, yeah. Remember how he told you? Yeah. (laughs) I... I remember the story, I remember, because that story is my story, that story is our story. We hold that story as a function of the community of believers and the community of faith. And it's a story that's driven by Jesus. It's about Him. He's the author and He's the subject. It's all about Jesus from in the beginning to Amen, come Lord Jesus. It's His story and His story of interaction with humanity, with you and me. And it's the story that you came for this morning that brings peace to your soul. Peace with God and peace of God. Peace with God. The whole story of Christ engages us at a spiritual level. And through his death on the cross, you and me have peace with God. God doesn't kind of look down at St. John's and say, man, I'll throw a little lightning bolt down there and see if I can shake him up. God did his work on the cross, releasing us from the guilt and the weight of our sinfulness. His sacrifice, his life given once for all, drawing us into that story through faith. Believing that he died for us, that he rose for us, that we are written into the story as his beloved brothers and sisters. We have peace with God through faith in Christ. And the theme of the Easter story and the powerful piece of the Easter story is that you have peace with God. And you have the peace of God. Peace with and peace of. God's peace rests upon you. He's not dead, he's risen just like he said he was. And the living Jesus lives in the real world that he created with you and me. He lives in the lines and the lives of our story. He lives in our homes, in our work, in our recreation. He lives in those anxious moments. He lives with us in those times of conflict family member to family member, where coarse words are exchanged. And somehow you make it through. Peace of God, because He resides and lives with us. And where the risen Christ resides, fear is driven away, tears are wiped away. Where He is present, there is this amazing and transcendent peace. Peace like nothing else in the history of the world. The peace of God is ours in Christ. The story of Easter is a story that continues on and delivers that peace. Even today, in a chaotic world, even now, in a chaotic place, the peace of God is yours. Then there's peace with humanity. Getting along with one another. That's the hard part sometimes. You can look and say, that's right. Peace with God, Pastor Tim. I've got that. Jesus died for me. That's right. Peace of God. I've got this marvelous, robust life of faith. And then you say, yeah, but I'm going to my brother-in-law's for Easter this afternoon. Whoa. How's that peace work? Ham?" Really cheesy, bubbling scallop potatoes with super crusty black stuff on top. Mm. And wouldn't it be good for some of us if you could just kind of do that on your own? Because you know you got to go have dinner and be nice today. Peace with humanity over ham and scalloped potatoes, maybe the conversation is... Filled with peace. For the Savior who has provided peace with God. Delivers you to the peace of God in your relationships. The Savior has lived for you. He lives with you and he blesses you. To interact and love people. Even family. Even when it's hard. And the story rolls on. One of my favorite movies is the movie Sideways, has anybody seen that? Don't throw a rock because a pastor's seen a movie like that. It just I love that movie so much because I had a friend who was kind of recalcitrant like the one character in the movie and my friend just couldn't keep his mouth shut and he chased girls and all that stuff and same as the guy in Sideways. And I like the, I like the movie, I, I, I like the way it works out, I like that the good guy stuff working out middle age angst, I, 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 like, I like all that stuff. What I really like is the end, and some people hate the end, because the end of the movie doesn't resolve, it just kind of keeps going on and on and on. And if you remember after this big conflict, after all this stuff, after all this good red wine at Paso Robles, the the, 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 the car of the man named Miles, who's got all this angst in him, pulls off at the exit at Solvang in Santa Ynez, which many of us have been to. And then he drives into a restaurant. And you wonder, does he get together with Maisie, Maya? I don't know. I'm a romantic, so I think he does. I think he does. I think they get married. I think they hang out. I think they would have a vineyard. I get this whole thing figured out of how the end of sideways goes. I could write the whole rest of the movie for the guy. If he's sitting here today, I'll I'll sell you the rights to that story. It'd be a great story. But I'm not sure how that movie ends. Because I'm not sure how the story ends, how the movie ends, but the story continues to go on and on. The story of Christ goes on as the pages of your life turn. Day by day and moment by moment, the story of Christ in Luke 24 doesn't end. The resurrection isn't the end. It's the portal through which life finds its meaning. The story of Jesus doesn't end, it it continues to be played out in our comings and goings of life. It's it's a story of life, it's a story of vitality, it's a story of people, it's a story of faith, it's a story of living in community. It's this marvelous story that brings people together. The story of Jesus, He is not here, He is risen, and He has made us alive in Christ. So live like you're alive. Live like you're alive. Live. Live like you're alive and sealed in Christ for heaven. Live like you're alive. Live like you're alive with resurrection hope. That no matter what the world throws at you, no matter what goes on in the craziness of life, no matter what kind of chaos is out there, there's something that's transcendent about you that says, I got this. I've got the peace of God with me. I've got a Savior who went through death and hell for me. So I'm never going to quit, I'm never going to die, I'm never going to give up, I'm never going to roll over, I'm going to live like I'm alive because I'm alive. And live like you're alive with a vibrant and open faith. Jesus drives your life. And so there's a sense of exhilaration and adventure every day. Each piece of life builds on the previous piece, each chapter building on to the story of your life. This week, I get to hear a noted Orange County preacher share some prayer and some scripture. And here's a scripture I didn't even have marked in my Bible. And a good Baptist like he, he had it marked and was a part of his his, uh, life. And I thank God he made it a part of mine this week. Because it's like chapters of a book. A book that you've read a thousand times. And that you highlight this little piece out. You hold this little piece, this little nugget in your soul. from Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. It sounds like the headings of a book. It sounds like the theme of a story. If you flip through the book, it's beautiful. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. You See, the story of the resurrection doesn't come with uh, Big, the end that gone with the wind did. Or that's all, folks, like so many cartoons. For the story of the resurrection goes on as you exit this sanctuary this morning. Renewed and refreshed by the spirit of the living God. To write every moment of every day in your soul and in your life and in your relationships with the life of Christ in you. Live like you're alive. And let those next chapters be filled with grace, peace with God, peace of God, and kindness shown to other people in simple forms of love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.